That's awesome, isn't it? Oh, Lord, thank you. Let's just thank the Lord a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we're, you're good, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord is good. And Dean, as uh, Andy and I have so seen, that flag is going with them. <laughs> Dean has this fetish for flags. <laughs> I did want to report that we went to a leadership retreat this weekend, and it was really good. And uh, um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is that God has a future and a hope and a plan for River Life Fellowship. Amen. And so we're going to be communicating, you know, what we feel, a lot of the stuff that happened when we get it into a form that can be communicated that you can understand it. So, but you, it was really good, and there's a lot of things the Lord has shown us and direction that He's given us. So, and we want you to know about it because it's important because that's where we're going and you need to go, you need to go where this bus is going. If, you, if you're on the bus, you'd like to know it's going. And so we'll be getting that out to you soon and more to come. And we want to welcome back the Vogels. Let's give them a big hand. They, they've been down under for a long time, it seems. A few months, right? So it's good to have them back. And I guess they're going to be staying in your house for a bit. So that worked out perfect. You know, they can go be in their house. All right, everybody good? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've already had church. I, feel, I mean, good Lord. I mean, I can't come. I don't want to have to try to keep, keep up with this, man. Yeah, so, but I will do this little 30-minute message because that's how many. I got 31 minutes. Okay? So here we go. Everybody good? Yeah. Hang with me. All right, last week I talked to you, if you remember, about uh, hearing the Lord. Remember? You remember that? And we talked about, you know, there's a biblical order. And this is important. I want you to get this. There is a biblical order that God is trying to reveal to the body of Christ, okay? And the first one is hearing. And I want to give you Luke 24, 27. I wrote them down for you. It says, Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. That's hearing God. And the Lord begins to speak to you about himself and scriptures. All right, the next thing that God does once, once we begin to hear the voice of God, He wants to open our eyes to see. Okay, so and this is Luke 24, 30 through 32. So when He had reclined at the table with them, He took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, He began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized Him. Their eyes were opened and recognized Him. See, that's the whole, the whole essence of what we're talking about Him. God wants people to recognize Him. And recognize when he comes in the ring, recognize what, you know, when things are happening that we can recognize this is God. And that's what, you know, that's the beauty of, of this and the ultimate goal of all that. He re they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, was not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? So many times when God speaks to you, you really don't realize it. It's later, like with these guys. Later they realize they, 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 when they begin to see the reality of, of, of seeing the Lord made them realize that God had been speaking to them more than they'd known. I think a lot of people are in that place. Then the last thing the Lord gives, which is the first thing we all seem to want to go after, is understanding. Then He opened their minds to understand the Scripture. That literally is the part of your mind that literally understands things. You know, as a part of our brain, as a part of our hearts, that literally, that God has created for us, that causes us to be able to understand, like understand a math problem. It's the same part where God, 
God did that. So see, but see, we, what we had to do is get the order right. One is to hear the Lord. Two is He begins to open our eyes. And three, there's an understanding will come if we will allow it and not try to force understanding out of order. Amen? Amen. So let's look at Ephesians 1, uh, 17 through 19, which is basically a foundational scripture for having the eyes of your heart open. This is like the foundation scripture in the Bible to me. Uh, this is Paul praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray. Everybody say, I pray. I Go ahead and just tell you right up front. This is one of the major keys for having the eyes of your heart open is prayer, is asking, seeking. And if you'll do that, God will, God will uh, open your eyes. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Okay, so right here, biblically, you have a biblical precedent clearly stated that we have eyes in the realm of our heart. Every Christian has those eyes. We are equipped with those eyes. Okay? It's not a matter of getting something. You have those eyes. If you're a born-again believer, you have those eyes resident in you. Amen? I mean, that's what the Bible says. We can go on that, right? Hopefully we can. I mean, I am. If you ain't something, you in trouble. <laughs> Anyways, I pray that as your, your eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Enlightened is this. It's like walking into a room where there's no light and you throw a light switch on and then you can see everything in the room. Okay, many of us, okay, many of us, this is where we are. We are like people in a, either a dark room that's pitch dark. We can't see nothing. That's where a lot of believers are. Or there's some of us that are like the man in Luke or Mark 8 when Jesus healed the man. Remember when Jesus healed a man of blindness? And the Lord said, what do you see? And he said, I see men walking around like trees. Okay, and then he prayed for him again and he began to see. Just by the way, I, I want to tell you this. The reason Jesus put that in the Scripture is to explain something to us. Jesus healed that man's eyes, but his mind needed to be healed because your mind, they've scientifically proved this, this medical doctors have proved that when a person like a, They've had people that medical science have, have cured them of blindness. The problem with those people, they have a very difficult time at first because their mind is seeing images it's never seen before. I mean, they can, like this guy walked out in the, outside for the first time and he saw this green wave coming at him. He didn't know what it was. Now, they had showed him colors and stuff. He said, what is that green wave? And they said, it's grass, the lawn. But the lawn was rushing towards him as he was walking. It's because... So what Jesus was, was doing, that man's eyes were healed. His mind needed to be healed. He did an instant miracle. People in the natural, you, that's something that's learned. That's just a by the way. Isn't that interesting, though? And God did it for us to tell us, to show us some things, okay? Because it's like, it wasn't like he didn't have the power to do it all at one time. He just wanted to explain how we work so we can use it to help people. I think that's cool. All right. Do y'all think that's cool? Yeah, it's cool. The Lord's cool, I'm telling you. All right, so there's three things when our eyes are open that we will know. Number one, what is the hope of His calling on our lives? That's the first one. These are the three what's. Okay, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And number three, what is the surpassing greatness of His powers towards us who believe? In other words, there's three things that we can know or we will know we, when our eyes begin to get opened, we will know those things. So if you're interested in knowing those things about your life, if you want to know the inheritance, if you want to know the power of God, or if you want to know your calling, the way you do that is to have the eyes of your heart open. 
Anybody interested in this? I'm telling you, I'm very interested in this. I want to know more about my inheritance. Meaning my eyes need to be opened further. I didn't finish my statement. We're like the person in the dark room or like the guy seeing men like trees. That's sort of how we are. The best of us are like that. But God's going to open our eyes to see clearly. He's going to enlighten us to where we can really see what's going on. And we need it. We need it desperately for the world we live in, for the age we live in, so we can really see what's going on, really see what's going on. All right, so uh, it's, it, what it is is wisdom and revelation coming upon our eyes, okay, the eyes of our heart. That's, what's, that's, that's really literally what's happening in the spirit realm. That wisdom and revelation is coming upon the eyes of our heart and bringing that light with it that we can see. Okay, <clears throat> There's basically four functions, uh, you know, practical functions of seeing with what I see in the Scripture and I see in, in, from life experience that I want to share with you. All right. The, one, the first one is the ability to read people's hearts. Okay, when the eyes of your hearts, I mean, you can read people's hearts. You can read, you can, you can look into a person's life. You can, you can uh, see what they're, ju- it's, it's called making righteous judgments. Okay, it is impossible for me and you to make righteous judgments apart from having these eyes open. It is impossible. In fact, I want to slap some people sometimes because they they judge things based on appearance, not based on what God says about it. Okay, so what we have to see, Jesus said, John 7, 24, do not judge according to appearance. That's a flat word, but with righteous judgment. So what happens... It's when we get, begin to get the eyes of our hearts open, we can begin to see what's really going on, really see into that person's life. Jesus had a couple situations I just I, I thought about when I was thinking about this. One was when the Herodians, Herodians, that's right, they came to Jesus, and it says they came to test him. Now, at the time, that wasn't written in the Bible. So Jesus wasn't thinking, oh, these guys are coming to test me. That wasn't his thought. And they began to ask him about paying taxes. Okay? But the Bible says that Jesus saw into their hearts. He saw what was in there. He saw that they were testing. He saw their, saw the, the wickedness in their heart. And he just went after them about it. Another time was a man said, uh, Master, make my brother divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, Man, don't you love how he answers, Man, who made me the arbitrator and judge over you? That's what he said. And the next thing he did, he starts talking to other people that he was with. Not even the guy. He started addressing the people that he was with about being greedy and covetousness. See, he, he saw that in that guy's heart. Now, that's a protection for us. You hear what I'm saying to you? The eyes of our heart, being there's a protection because when we begin to see and we see people that are coming and asking us, wanting things, wanting, like well, Jesus wanting him to do something or people wanting to, for you to connect with or maybe somebody who wants to connect in a business deal, it all sounds right on the outside, it all looks right, but you see in their hearts and you see something that shouldn't be there. And it's God showing you something. You see what I'm saying? This, this is really good. This can really help you in a practical way. It's meant to help you. It's, it's necessary tools. In order for us to really judge what's going on in our nation, we need the eyes of our hearts open. We cannot judge it based on what we're seeing in here. Impossible. In fact, Jesus said, don't even do it. He said, don't do it. He just says, restrain yourself from that. Are y'all with me? Y'all, y'all looking at me. Like I'm crazy. All right, the next thing is, is the ability, I love this, 
I love this. I know y'all don't love this. Some people don't love this. But it's, I'm telling you, it's the ability to see into the future. I put my pencil away. You think I'm going to throw it at you. The ability, God, we are created to be able to see into the future. In fact, I'm going to tell you this. You cannot walk in faith without being able to see into the future. Impossible. According to what the Bible says. Now, I want to read that to you. But um, the future is meant to change our past. Remember that? I remember, remember I spoke to you all about that a while back. The future is meant to change our past and give us a right perspective of our present. We don't, we're not supposed, our, you know, but here's the way most people live. Most people live based on what their past was. And their past dictates to them who they are, what they are. That is not biblical. Jesus lived based on a future event that was going to happen in his life. Everything he did on this earth was based on something that was going to happen in the future. Do you know this? The Lord's Prayer. Don't you love the Lord's Prayer? You know that's a secret weapon you can use in circles of people who don't really like the Holy Spirit? You can use that because I'm telling you, people like the Lord's Prayer. You can slide it in on them, man. And they'll listen. They don't know they're getting the Holy Spirit slid on them. But that word, this is what people don't know. This is amazing. That word, give us this day our daily bread. Y'all know that word? You know what that literally means? You want to know? It means this. Give us tomorrow's bread today. Now, that's living in the future. Give us tomorrow's bread today. Hopefully, tomorrow, next year, you're going to get a raise, right? Huh? Hopefully you are. Wouldn't you like to have that raise today? It really makes sense when you think about it. I mean, because the Lord's just not interested in us just surviving. He's interested in prospering us. So he wouldn't give us a prayer just to barely get by and hopefully, you know, you eat today and won't starve today. And, you know, that's not the heart of the Father. Y'all got that? Well, let me read this to you about, about your faith. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Here's Here it is. Somebody told me uh, about living in the future, it was just good planning. So I said to him, I thought, that's just good, good, bad comment. That is a very good, bad comment. It's a very wrong comment, a very good, wrong comment, because this is what the Bible says. These died in faith without receiving the promises, speaking of Old Testament saints, but having seen them. Everybody say, having seen them. They saw a future event. They saw the future. And so, and based on seeing that future, it says they welcomed, or more or less, they embraced that future. Okay? And then they made a confession. Now, see, most people think, well, if you confess it, you know what I'm saying? But see, that's one-third of faith. That's the la- actually, that's the last part. Because you had to see something. And you see it with the eyes of your heart. And once you see it, you say, yes, I want that. I, I believe that. I, I embrace that. And then you can say, you can speak it. And once you, because once you see it, and once you embrace it, make it personal in your life, you know, bring it into yourself, then you can speak it out. And that's where the power comes in. Because faith, you know, faith, the Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped. Hope is in the future. Faith is made up. Faith is in the now, but faith is made up of, of a future something. A future event. Now, y'all got that? That's why I say we're supposed to live and see the future. We're supposed to live out of that future, pull that future into now. 
That's what that whole prayer is about. On heaven as in his earth. Instead of us waiting to die to get there, Jesus said, no, go ahead and bring that future living in heaven into this earth realm. It makes sense when you think about it, biblically. Amen? So that's the, the second thing that the eyes of the heart will give us. It'll give us the ability to see into the future. It'll give us the ability to walk in true faith. That's, that's what it does. That's pretty good. Now, this, the third one's really good, too. It's the ability to be objective. Okay? So it helps us to see our past and our present objectively, not subjectively. Because here's the subjective thing. If you have a bad past... It's going to, you know, that's a very personal thing because everybody in this room is, we're all subjective things, people, right? Your life is colored by your experiences. Your life is colored by how you were raised. Your, Your life is colored by your education. Your life is colored by what race you have. Your life is colored by the house you live in. It, it, you know, it does all of that to you. So most people are walking around, uh, with this subjective, thing on them that's not God, okay? They believe things about themselves based on their life experience. Maybe what some mean school teacher said or mean daddy said to them or mean mama or, mean, or some spouse that treated them terrible or somebody who did something awful to them and they've lived their life like that and they're stuck there. And what ha- this is what happens to these people because I was one of those people and you're one of those people Okay, you may not know it yet, and if you don't know it, you know why you don't know it? Because the eyes of your heart haven't been opened yet. Because when the eyes of my heart begin to open, I begin to see me. And I begin to see myself the way God began, saw me. And I saw there were things in here that were messing up who God says I was. Okay? I realize there's things in here that are messing up something that God said to me about me. And I went and started getting help with them. I went to my wife. I went to the Lord and said, you said this. This is how I feel. This is what's in me. This has to leave me. This this has to come out of me. You've got to get this out of me. You've got to fix this in me. Because I'm seeing myself the way you see me, and something it's not adding up. That means the problem's here. And he began to fix it. Are y'all following that? So we can begin to see ourselves objectively, see ourselves the way God sees us. And you know, then that's what helps you with seeing other people the way God sees them. Because no longer do you just look on the surface. Are y'all are y'all on that? Okay. And really, the having the eyes of your heart open is really absolutely critical and essential to you living a healthy life. I'm talking about all the way around. I'm talking about spiritually healthy. I mean, the whole relational healthy. It's, it's you, you can't have good relationships if you're all messed up all the time. You're always going to have wounds in your relationships. You're going to always have hurts. And you're going to always have fallings out. You're going to, you know, the list goes on and on. What I'm trying to tell you, I guess, in a simple way. Having the eyes of your heart will make you want to get inner healing and deliverance in your life and get rid of the bad baggage in your life. That's what it will make you do because it's when you start to see yourself like that, you're seeing the truth and you're seeing what God is saying and you're seeing what you are saying based on your subjective experiences in these lives. And God wants to break that out of people's lives. He wants to rid it from your life. 
because you will never be what God created you to be. And I want to tell you some good news, too, about all this. I mean, it's all good news, but this is really good news. This is what the Lord told me this morning. He gave me that scripture where it says, the, He jealously longs for the Spirit inside of you. God is just, he's longing, and Sarah sang it out, that creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters. The whole creation is looking at us and saying, when will those people begin to believe and be who I said they were? It, that's what it means. It's longing for that thing. What happens is when you begin to get this stuff settled in you, get this stuff fixed in you, you become comfortable and you go into a place of rest. That's what the Bible's talking about, that place of rest, that we enter into God's rest. No longer having to compare ourselves to other people. No longer trying to be something. No longer trying to get acceptance. No longer doing all that stuff that just drives people into the ground. You know, and you be, and guess what? Uh, if God said to you, you know what? Uh, you are, you, you, I've called you, I've put in you to be the best businesswoman in North Carolina. And once you get all that settled, guess what's just going to naturally start happening? You, you think it's nothing, but you will open your mouth and God will fill your mouth with wisdom and words to be the best business person they was. It'll flow out of your life. Whatever it is, the best mother, the best whatever, the best... And you don't have to worry about it because He will do it through you. But I want to make this point. God does not do away with your personality. Right? He likes your personality. He, God just doesn't dump us aside and you know, just use our body like we're just, yeah, a zombie. My thing is, read the Gospel, Gospel of Matthew. Guess whose personality comes out in the Gospel of Matthew? Matthew's personality, Mark's personality, John's personality, Luke's personality. Why? Because God poured Himself in them, and when they begin to release it, their personality was mixed in with God, and that's the way He wants it to be. But if your personality is warped because of life, it's kind of hard. God has to work around it a lot. And He basically told me one time He was tired of doing that in my life. Tired of working around your issues. Get, let's fix these issues so I don't have to you know, work around them. Isn't that good, man? The ability, the ability to be objective and see, be, see objective in your life. That's what the eyes of my heart. All right, the next one is my favorite one. It's the ability to see. And, well, I guess it's my favorite one currently. I love all of them. But this is one I like to talk about a lot. It's the ability to see into the spiritual world. Okay? Uh, Paul the Apostle, 12, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 1, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. A while back, a couple years ago, I, the Lord spoke that scripture to me. I knew it was legal for me to pursue visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew it was, it was legal for me to pursue to get caught up in the heaven. It was legal for me to go after it. It was legal for me to talk to angels, to see angels, to see things, to hear things, to go into that spiritual world. God gave me a, a, a uh, ticket or whatever that you get from God to do something. And He's given it to all of us. And we are not using it. We need to punch this ticket. And uh, so, you know, visions, dreams, you know, sanctified imagination. Okay? You know, people talk about their mind's eye. You see, the Lord wants your imagination. He really wants it. 
Because we all, he created people, and a lot of people have vain imagination. And people poo-poo that stuff. Let me tell you a little, little, little secret. Don't poo-poo it, because this is what the Bible says. Okay? Let me, I don't have it up there, but I want you this. I want to get you skeptics that when somebody talks about imagining something, they sort of, it's a, sort of a low-level, it's a put-down, you, you don't think it's spiritual, whatever you think. Because I know it. I know you think that. I know people in this room think that. Y'all think y'all fooled somebody. You didn't fool me on anything because I've thought all that stuff myself, so I know you're thinking it, you know? But I got tricked by God. Romans one twenty one. For even though they knew God, they did not, number one, honor Him as God. Okay? They knew God, but they didn't honor Him. Hey, she's put it up there. Or give thanks. So that's the key, two keys right there for protecting your mind and keeping your imaginations pure is honoring God in your thoughts and being thankful. Pretty powerful. But they became futile in their speculations. That word speculations in the Greek means imaginations. They became futile in it. They became vain in it. God created us. That's how God created the earth. He one day imagined Joanne McCarran. Seriously, he imagined her, he imagined me, he imagined you, and he said, I want what I've seen. Am I being loud? <laughs> and that's why we have to go after this stuff so hard. You imagine, because you let these eyes be open, they begin to see the wonders of God, the wonders of heaven. And then you can begin to create. That's why we need, I'm telling you something, we need cures for diseases on this earth. Because God did create medical science. He created supernatural healing, and we're going to go with that. But we also need people who can come up with these cures. I'm telling you, we do. We desperately need it. We were watching a commercial on a hospital. Well, actually, it was a golf game. It was put on by the Children's Miracle Network. And I was pretty fascinated by this Children's Miracle Network because God has a real heart for children. And they were showing these kids in these hospitals with all these deformities and diseases. And it's heartbreaking. And I was telling them, somehow we have got to get that. We've got to fix some of this stuff. We've got to go after the power of God like, like you know, renegades. Like, I mean, like a bunch of maniacs we've got to go to. Because, and it's so we can do something about these children's lives who are being destroyed. And we also got to go out to the power of God. So, so be people who God has created with these gifted minds and gifted intellects so they can get information out of heaven and process that information and come up with formulas and cures and drugs and stuff that they can give people that won't hurt them but will cure them. You know, and, and procedures that they can perform. I mean, wouldn't that be, isn't that the gospel? I mean, isn't that the Father's heart? I mean, I feel that when I think about that stuff. That's what he's after in us. He's after those kinds of things because he stands up in heaven and he's looking at earth and he's looking for the manifestations of the sons of God to come forth so they can do something about all the injustice and pain and sorrow that's happening to mankind because it came from the devil. He really is. I hope you feel that. I know some of, many of y'all do feel that. And we're, we're working through trying to get there. And it's not always pretty, and it's crazy feeling something. But we're working. That's that's those are the, that's where we want to go. That's what we want to do with our lives. Is those, kind, those kinds of things. We want to do something that helps people 
and helps change lives for the better. And it's crazy. I mean, it's good. So it's, Anyway, so you, when the Lord gives you a word about rain dancing, you just go for it. You'll be obedient because one day he may give you a word about somebody who needs, who he wants to heal a, a crippling disease. And you've learned to hear the voice. You've learned to see. So you go do it and obey. That's right. You've got to obey. All right, so Paul prays for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened as this, how, as this is how God is going to change our lives by changing what we see. Do you hear that? God is going to change our lives by changing what we see. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We can behold the glory of the Lord and we'll be changed by what we see. By what we see. So when we start hearing, he told me years ago, I'm fixing to be done just a minute. Years ago, I'll never forget it. Sitting on, I was at the beach. I was sitting on the porch and I was reading in John 3 where Nicodemus' story, you know, and Jesus said, unless you are born, you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. I was reading that scripture and I heard the Lord clearly speak my heart. He said, Byron, you don't see, do you? That's what he said to me. I said, no, Lord, I don't see. I don't see. He said, well, I'm going to teach you how to see. And I've been on this journey of learning to see, learning for my eyes to be enlightened. And guess what happens on that journey? You start seeing other stuff. You start seeing an angelic realm. You start seeing things. It's sort of cool. You start seeing colors. You start seeing all these different things. And, and we make a big deal out of all that stuff. Okay? But the end is that God wants to change our life of what we see. You know, and every one of you has been given this ability to see something greater than what you're seeing. Because did y'all follow that? Yeah. Don't you love it? Yeah. All right, I got five minutes. I'm gonna give you Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen because this is my world, my most famous, one of my best scriptures on, on seeing. How many people in this room suffer from losing heart over situations in life, over your job, over your boyfriend, over your girlfriend? If you got one and you're married, we need to talk to you. <laughs> One time, this is my, I won't tell you something, I stumbled in one of the greatest compliments I could ever pay for Becky. One time we was having a house built, and I walk in, and she was ahead of me, and these construction guys were there, and um, I was looking at the floor, and he said, I was telling the kind of floor I wanted there, and he said, are you doing this for your girlfriend or your wife? I said, she's both. And that man looked at me and said, wow, I wish I had that kind of relationship with my wife. She's my girlfriend and my wife. A lot of times when you get married, your wife quits being your girlfriend. Mistake, man. Now, she'll, she'll get me on this. But your wife needs to be your girlfriend. And you will treat her different. When you stop, start just treating her like your wife all the time, you're going to lose a little something there. And you won't be happy about it. So anyways, going on about losing heart. We all lose heart at times. We lose heart. We lose heart about our kids. Our kids are not doing well. We lose heart, you know, about you know the the economy. We lose heart about the government. All these things will cause you to lose heart, right? You're a people who've lost heart. There's probably people in this room that have lost heart today about something in your life. And this is what. But Paul gave the greatest counsel. He nailed it. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying. Again, if your gums are loose and your teeth are loose and your hair's falling out and you're, you know, that V-shaped man is now a pear-shaped man. 
That's what he's talking about. Everything's just going down. Gravity has taken over. Okay? I was telling earlier, you know, I used to, when I was years ago, not that long ago, I would wake up in the morning like a coil spring shoo, out of the bed. I mean, I, was, I would wake up joking and carrying on, and she didn't do wake up like that. I don't wake up like that no more. I get up, my springs are like, whoa. It's a, I got to go get some coffee to get these springs woke up again. They're, just, they're hurting, man. That's what happens as you, you know, get some age on your springs, they start sagging. You know? So our outward man is going down, yet our inward man, our inward man is be, re, being renewed day by day. I guess for me, one of the reasons I've gone after the inward man so much, I pretty much figure my outward man is, is going down. You know, I need to get a hold of this inward man, something that's going up. Okay? For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparisons. Now, here's the secret. He gives the secret. He gives the secret to not losing heart. Mr. and Mrs. Lose Heart person. <laughs> While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That is Paul the Apostles. That is the Bible's counsel to you. If you're losing heart today, the Lord's saying, get the eyes of your heart open and start looking at the invisible. And you won't lose heart. That's what it says. And I want to tell you something. You can't tell me you can't. This can't happen to you. If you're a Christian, it can happen to you. It's for you. It's for everybody. It is not for the special seers. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. You have the eyes. They're already in there. Ask the Lord. Duh. Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to see. Put spirit of wisdom and revelation on these little eyeballs in here so I can begin to see. And I can live my life based on what I'm not seeing with my natural eye. Because the things which are seen are temporal. So when the economy's up, you're up. When the economy's down, you're down. When the earthquakes are here, you're, you're quaking. You know, when the government's, you know, when there's a president you don't like, then you're messed up. When there's one in you do like, you're good, even though they're not all good. <laughs> so we, the Lord bless the president. Help him. Save him. You know, uh, Kim Clement gave a word about President Obama. He said there was a window for the church to pray for him. Okay, that's what he said. So we need to be praying for him right now. And I think God is saying, I want to save, deliver, heal, make things good. You know, I mean, let God get in control in the White House. I think that's, So do it, Lord. Regardless of how our opinions about that, we need to pray and ask God to do that. Anyways, that's something else. But the things which are not seen are eternal, which never change, are always there and established in heaven. Amen. So here's what I want to do. First of all, I would like to pray. I'd like for us to stand and for you to put your hands over your heart. You want to share that, Sarah? I want Sarah to share this because this is... So I'm going to pray for everybody in a... You know, just to help you. But there's specific ones in here that I believe are in the middle of difficult, extreme or worst-case situations that you need special prayer that Sarah's going to explain. I saw this movie not too long ago, and it's the same one that starts off where it says, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And it's a, um, it's a grief counselor. And it, there's a scene in the movie where the grief counselor leads the whole group that he's counseling with out into out the hotel and out into the middle of the street. And it's like it's in 
New York. I don't know if it's actually New York, but you know how it's like chaos. You know, you walk out to, and he walks the whole group right out and he stops the, they don't really know what he's doing with them, but he stops the traffic and he walks the whole group right out into the middle of traffic. And he says, okay, I want you to stop right now. I want you to listen and, and, and see what it is you're hearing. Well, everybody's honking their horns, screaming at them. You know, what are you doing? You know, it's just chaos. And then he turned them all back around, walked them right back in the hotel, took them up and took them outside the top level, you know, outside. And he said, now, what do you hear? What do you see? And it was completely silent, but yet it was the exact same place. There was a whole nother perspective. And the Lord was speaking to me in that, that there, you, this is what I'm saying when I'm saying I want to open your eyes and give you my perspective. I have a whole nother perspective. I can release peace in the midst, the same place. You know, it's like they were in, in the same place. The, the, the cars and the beeping and the noise and everything had just stopped because they had another perspective. You know what I mean? And the Lord's really been just stirring in me that He really wants to give us that healing inside and that, and that peace inside so that we really can stand up and be who it is He's called us to be. And I just heard recently that if we would be, allow the Lord, you know, like when He was led into the desert, that if he was filled up, then led into the desert where he faced trials and temptations and things like that. But he came out with personal victory. I mean, he had really been, came out victorious and, and came out in power. And then he started proclaiming, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news, to set the captives free. He could do it with this assurity. And, and things really happened. And the person I was hearing this from was saying, if, you're, if you start, we really need to start proclaiming that. When we see it, we need to proclaim it. But the thing is, if it's not happening for you, just go back, get filled, get some personal victory, then start standing up and proclaiming. And if it's not working for you, get filled, get some personal victory. And I've been experiencing that. Last weekend, I felt like that thing where you're down there in the, in the, in the chaos. My insides were completely chaotic. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I want personal victory in here. You've got to give me some personal victory in here. I need to see what's going on, like Byron said. I need to see what it is. You're, it's not lining up with what you're saying. The Lord wants it to, He wants to give you personal victory. He wants to heal you, set you free on the inside, let you see. And then He wants you to stand up in that place and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to be who I am with this personality and to release what He's placed inside of you. Yeah. Amen. That's good. So, so let me just pray over you for the eyes of your heart to be open. And if you're a person who you find in your life right now, you feel like you're in the middle of the street with the chaos... I want you to come up, and we're going to pray for you individually for the Lord to really come on you. So if you want this, put your hands over your heart and repeat after me. Father, I ask you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you to open the eyes of my understanding, of my heart, Bring light in, Lord. 
Lord, that I might see, first and foremost, you, and recognize you, and recognize what you're doing. And I ask you to let me see myself as you see me, and begin to release me from all this hurt, all this pain of life, Lord, so I can be who you created me to be, who you said I was. Lord, I just release that on these people right now in Jesus' name. I bless them. Lord, I bless them, Lord, with enlightenment. I bless them with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I just bless them that their life would begin to change. They begin to hear you more. They begin to see you more. Lord, that divine understanding would become part and partial for their life, Lord. Lord, just release that on every person in this room. Every person, God. Every person, Lord. Lord, those who can't see nothing, they begin to see something. Those who have already seen, they'd see more, Lord. Just do it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're a person that you've never received Christ in your heart, Mm -hmm. you've never seen Him, and that's step one. You're not going to see anything in the spirit world until you're born into the spirit world. As Jesus said in John chapter 3, you have to be born again of the spirit. So the Lord, I believe, is revealing Himself to you this morning that He died on the cross for your sins. He took all of that upon Himself. He's inviting you to let Him come into your life and take complete control. If you'll just lay down yourself, good and bad and ugly, just lay it all down before Him and He'll come in and make you a whole new creature, a whole new creation. So as people are coming up here to receive prayer, you can just come up here and tell one of the prayer counselors up here, say, hey, that's me. I, I want to ask Jesus to come in and be the Lord of my life and be my Savior. Yeah. It'll, they'll be, it'll be a great thing. The Lord's going to be your life today. So I just want to invite you to come up now if you'd like. And uh, for those who want to just receive some more prayer, if you just want to come on, we'll lay hands on you. And God will do what God does, which is always something good and wonderful. Just come on up.